0: Hey Vikram. Hey Rachel. This is In The Grow, and today we have a special guest. Hello. This is Nick Nowicki. Wait.
1: Yeah, Nowicki. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. We discussed it, and then I still was like, <laughs> wait, is that right?
1: You so, got it right. We just say you got it right the first time.
0: Yeah, cool. So you are with Good Earth Recycling. Yes. Cool. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, and we're, we're really excited to have you on. It's, uh, you know, people hear from Rachel and I all the time, and it's always fun to get people in the community that are out there
1: kind of doing the thing, you know? Yeah. To... Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. I always enjoy listening to the show.
0: Cool. Well, we appreciate that, We're too. We're excited. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
1: we are. We're
0: like, yay, someone listens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so why don't you start off and introduce yourself a little bit more? Tell us, you know, your background, you know, whatever you think is pertinent.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I grew up in Dallas, and I grew up recycling, just as everyone in DFW kind of tends to. And when I came out to Lubbock to go to Texas Tech, I was living in the dorms and I found that it was really hard to recycle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Texas Tech did have a recycling program at the time, but I still had to uh, walk it all the way there. And I didn't have a car Mm -hmm. whenever I first got here. So I just found that it was really challenging. And the more that I looked into it, the more I realized that there was this need throughout the city. And I thought, well, if I could mimic a big city program like I had in Dallas, I bet a lot of people would be interested in that. And if we make it easy, a lot of people would recycle. And that was kind of the idea behind it. And I had the good fortune of being at the Rawls College of Business. So I was able to bounce the idea off of a lot of professors and and get some, some real feedback and then we started it when i did have a car (laughs) and uh, i just had a a jeep and i was just pulling around a a little trailer collecting recycling and working with uh, texas tech recycling center and that's kind of how we got our start and we've been doing it now for six years and we you know recycle all over the city for uh, hundreds and hundreds of households and different businesses lots of different businesses Mm. like uh Chick fil A and even for the Texas Tech football games.
0: Cool. So yeah.
1: it's it's been it's been fun.
0: Yeah. I really think you're on the right track like when you were describing mimicking a big city's program and how that would be you know, people would want to do I mean I've had that literal thought. I'm like, why don't we have a recycling program? It's so annoying. I get all these bags of cans <laughs> piling up in my kitchen and, you know, you have to drive them somewhere. And, yeah.
1: Absolutely and then, like
0: you said there was a Texas Tech recycling program. Mm-hmm. Is it defunct now because of COVID?
1: Yeah, so uh, they shut it down during COVID yeah. and just uh, decided not to reopen yeah. it. Yeah.
0: And it was one of the only places that did glass, right?
1: Right, that's correct. And, and Texas Tech was actually taking the cost on to ship the glass all the way to DFW. Oh wow. Oh. Yeah, so it was a big expense for them and then, you know, with COVID, uh, it just it, it made more sense not to have it for them. Yeah. Um so we actually do glass and we do it the same way that that tech does and we we bear the expense of taking it all the way to Dallas so we know that it's recycled the right way.
0: Huh. Wow. I'm going to have to like sign up cuz I'm like where do you take glass? Yeah, no, you know? really
1: though. And and
2: I want to put a pin in that and you know talk about recycling it the right way and I want to mm-hmm. come back to that. But A question that I had is like, have you always been interested in like sort of environmental protection and like taking care of the environment? You know, you you talked about how you come from Dallas and that's just Mm -hmm. like a thing people do. Right. But as an extension, are you like into environmentalism and nature and all that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So we love, me and my wife, we love backpacking, hiking. uh, And I think just being exposed to the natural beauty of the world makes you fall in love with it in a way where you want to protect it. And I see ways that we can alter our own life in really simple ways that have a positive impact on the planet and our communities and our environment. Mm-hmm. You know, for one, we we really I call ourselves ninety percent vegetarian because we will still have meat on occasion, but yeah. we try to eat mostly greens. And you know, I actually just got a compost bin. so uh, it's actually been a lot of fun because we've just been collecting all of our scraps that mm-hmm. we can compost and doing that. Um, uh, but yeah, just any, I am very focused on, on the environment and it's, uh, it's a passion and I want to have a, uh, a world that's just as beautiful for me as it is for my kids to experience.
0: Yeah. That's important. And it's, it's something I think we all struggle with of, you know, this kind of age group of like, do we have kids? I know you already have a kid, but I like, do. what kind of world are we leaving them Yeah. and their kids, you know?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I just want to be a good steward of the planet and and make sure that it's better off mm-hmm. because I was here. Otherwise, if I'm just taking and then I leave, you know, I I don't think I I I've made a, a valuable impact yeah. by doing that.
2: Yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it, too, that it's uh, planning for future generations and, yeah, leaving something. Because, you know, it, it's interesting that you talk about it that way, and I think that's a good way to look at it that not everyone does. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we talk about, oh, we should, like, I don't know, have savings for our kids and inheritance for our kids and all of these different things and like plan for their future. But like, what could be really more important than making sure that like they can go outside and have fresh air and go walk in the park and go hiking and see some of the things that you enjoy doing? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, we think about it from sort of a monetary, like capitalist sort of
0: mm-hmm.
2: slant when it could be like there's so much more than that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Speaking of absolutely. that, did
0: you, so you started studying business at Tech? And did you end up finishing that or did you switch to something else because yeah. of the, you know, passion for environmentalism?
1: Well, so kind of the way I look at it, I did get uh, my business degree at Tech. And kind of the way that I've looked at it is businesses are kind of the leaders of the world. Mm. They have the biggest impact and they have a global impact. Right. You know, a government only has jurisdiction where that government has Whereas, you know, a business could be international and, and all of the employees that they have. And so I thought the best way to make a positive impact on the planet was to do it from a business mm-hmm. uh, uh, perspective and uh, to make that impact from kind of the top down, you know, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, if you're, you know it's not like we're fighting capitalism or whatever no 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 no, no. you know if you want something to change you kind of have to use the system that's in place and capitalism basically runs everything at this point yeah yeah and
1: i think you can set a good example that way and and you know build something that people want to be a part of
0: yeah
2: and that and that's really cool and it seems like it seems like uh, the question one question i had and again i want to talk at least towards the end about some of the Technical side of like how recycling works because I think that's something that
0: I have questions is very well (laughs) not
2: well understood. Right? How Mm -hmm. has the reception been? You said you know you've got hundreds of homes that you serve Mm -hmm. and. People have this conception of Lubbock as sort of oh we're twenty years behind on some of these things, and I hear that all the time, all the time. Yeah. How, mm-hmm. how has the
1: reception been for you doing this? It's been great. We have a really positive response. Even the people that don't use our service mm-hmm. just really appreciate that we're even around. So yeah, overall the reception's been been really good. I think people want to do things if it's easy. Yeah. They can make that positive impact if it's easy. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, as long as we create a platform where it makes it easy for them to do something, then then I think that's that's kind of the, the an easy driver in the right direction.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I was like, mm-hmm, I wanna do that. <laughs> it's easier than driving my cans over to little, uh, I don't even know, are they city stations? Like I usually use the recycling over by Hutch. Uh, there's like a little electrical substation that has some oh, recycling right. bins mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've seen that one.
0: Yeah, it's not great, but it's there.
1: Yeah, so it's nice to have that convenience. Yeah, And that's kind of what we do is we try to just make it convenient. Yeah. That's great.
0: So I have kind of a broad question, but you seem like the person to ask. Okay, sure. You know, you hear a lot of times folks talk about like an individual recycling isn't really gonna make an impact or a difference. It's like big corporations and factories and stuff. If there was more recycling there, that would be what makes a bigger impact. Can you speak to how, re- you know, an individual recycling does impact your local environment and how it makes it does make a difference?
1: Yeah, so I really think it all compounds, and so one individual household, if that's the only house that was doing it, probably not a big difference. But by everyone doing it collectively, it does add up, and I really think that. Your mindset affects other people's mindset and how you go about your life changes everything else and, and the world that you live in, the people that you interact with.
0: A ripple effect.
1: Yeah, a ripple effect. And so your mindset can can, you know, have that added benefit that other people start thinking about things a little bit differently. And what do corporations want? Well they, you know, they're trying to get revenue and so they're going to follow what the people want. Mm-hmm. So if enough people are acting a certain way and and you know, it's going to have that kind of cause and effect where the businesses change their behavior too because you know, they want to they want to please their consumer base. Yeah. So if everyone's demanding renewable products, everyone's demanding things be done in a and you know, manufactured in the correct way, they're going to listen to, you know, the people that are purchasing their products.
2: Yeah. And I think that that's, again, when we talk about affecting change, that's such a good way to, to, to look at it, to go about it. And uh, I, I have a colleague or a former colleague that always said that education is like a long and repetitive process. And I think education is such a big part of this sort of industry this sort of venture and you know and i think from the standpoint of not even just like oh here's a pamphlet that goes with this it's just the fact that this exists yeah this is a thing you could be doing there's a benefit to this and we can't overvalue the benefit of like community progress and word of mouth in these kinds of things. And so, like you said, if one person's doing it and they tell the neighbor sees them doing it or they have a family member
1: or whatever, it, it does compound and Mm -hmm. can have a big impact. Yeah. Yeah, And so many of our customers come from a referral by their friends or neighbors or something like that. So you kind of have that communal effect, like you were saying. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So I have, I have sort of a, technical question and i
2: ask this because i don't know the answer to it when we talk about like so, you said that there's no one that does glass here, right? Like, they do. Right. Well, yeah. no, no, no. But like, what yeah, I mean is, like, s- it gets yeah. sent to Dallas. Like, yeah. the, the processing yeah. is elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Do we, like, do we have facilities in this area that actually process any of the material, or does it all have to be sent somewhere else
1: for processing? Yeah. So, pretty much all gets sent somewhere else. Okay. Uh, there's a few plastic manufacturers here in Lubbock, uh-huh. but, you know, they typically prefer the virgin material. Sure. And a lot of the material, uh, Gets recycled best on kind of the coastal cities mm. and the larger cities where they've got the economies of scale to have the huge machinery and things like that, uh, and then just just general transportation and things like that. So they've got that the supply chains lined up to where they can get everything where it needs to go. Uh, where you know Lubbock just isn't quite there yet. Yeah. So. Dallas, Austin, Houston—those are all big enough hubs where they've got the economies of scale and the supply chains to have the buyers in place to to actually, you know, take on that material. Hmm. So that's where the that's where the uh, the actual processors set up. Okay, you know, they they got a nice place where they can they can sell it all.
0: So you're like the go-between. You know, it's like you always see that you could return bottles. You know, like you got glass Coke or Topo Chico or whatever, and that you could return it. But it's like how do you return that to the manufacturer? Like, I guess there's a way to do it or you could get a recycling company like good earth to do it for you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cause I guess you would be taking on the cost personally if you were like sending it back to Coca-Cola.
1: Right. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, you can do that with cans and, and things here in town, but yeah, if the manufacturer wants it back, some, we actually, we have coffee pods at our house and, uh, whenever we buy them they give us a return sheet that they'll recycle them for us Hmm. so you know there's a nice way of doing it that way that's kind of cool and so yeah Yeah. we've got like two bags in our house right now full of coffee pods over the last six months that we've been saving so we can send back to Mm. them cool yeah that's i I, you know i had never thought of that uh of companies just like sort of directly reusing yeah the sanitizing or however the process looks like yeah, um, directly so that, using so that's steps. a cool, cool system that you know really kind of came into play because I think people wanted it. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to you throw out. You know, every time you have a coffee, you're throwing out a little pod. Yeah, and so without a way to reuse that, then you know you're like, well, why don't I just use grounds instead? Uh-huh. So yeah, I think that came out of out of people wanting to recycle, and there was a company that you know modified their behavior to allow people to do so. Yeah. No, that's so cool, and I guess that's just that also helps drive home the point of like how
2: much power you have just with your purchasing habits mm-hmm. and your there are people out there and we've discussed this a little already that tell you that you don't have individual power but that that's really not the case right like your yeah. decisions matter the the ways that you approach
1: environmentalism and all those things they really do matter mm-hmm. i think so i think you vote with your dollar yeah on the kind of world that you want to have
0: yeah that was the thought i had when you were talking about it. i'm like it's the, you know using your money like what you buy your consumerism is how you change things and yeah okay no <laughs> no,
2: no, no that's great uh and i and i totally agree i do have a question so you know especially specifically with plastics and, <clears throat> and some other things you know there are certain types of plastics that are listed as recyclable and there's a lot that aren't is there any other like secondary i don't want to say secondary market that's not the word i want but like If we have, like, say, plastic pots or Mm -hmm. uh, that we could use a few times, but eventually they end up going somewhere, right? Right. Are there other avenues for, like, reusing those or for getting rid of those rather than just sending them to a landfill? Or is it pretty much, like, if they're not listed as recyclable, you just ultimately eventually throw them away?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, you know, if... um a lot of things do have to get thrown away if it's something that's a mixed component Mm -hmm. uh it's too hard to separate the individual components out so think like uh, a toy is going to have so many different types of plastic and so it's too hard to separate that out yeah and so you know again that kind of goes back to the manufacturer's responsibility and also our decision our responsibility to make sure the manufacturers know what we're wanting in that because in that situation, yeah, sometimes they do. We try to reuse everything that we can. Yeah, sure. I mean, we even get, uh, you know, take out containers that we'll reuse, you know, uh, for something else. Uh, even if it's, you know, like a little plastic tub and uh-huh, then we'll, we'll yeah. use it for paintbrushes or things like that. Just so that way, for one, we're now we're not having to buy, a, you know, something to put paintbrushes in and then we're getting to reuse that for the long term. Because it's, plastic is really s- strong and durable. Yeah. And so it's, really unfortunate that we've created a society where there's so much single-use plastic right because of that durability it could be used over and over and over mm-hmm. uh so you know they, they say reduce reuse recycle uh-huh. so recycle comes last because ideally you're reducing and then reusing anything that you can before you're recycling it
0: mm-hmm. that's awesome i have a quick question about plastic bags
1: yes Do yeah you
0: guys take those like what's the de- like i don't They like I usually try to get paper because I can reuse them more Mm -hmm. easily. But you know, sometimes you can't help it that places still give you bags, and then you have all these bags in your house. And I'm like, what do I do with this? I don't want to throw them away because they're just gonna like blow out of the dumpster or
1: just go um, to a
0: landfill like what what do you what do you do with all those extra bags yeah
1: (laughs) yeah so we we try to get paper too but we also do have plastic bags and i think underneath our sink is just overflowing because we try to keep them until we can reuse them you just keep shoving Uh, them in there like i swear (laughs) like one more will fit for sure the Mm -hmm.
0: whole under the kitchen sink there's like Practically nothing else in that cabinet, but just
1: bags. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we do take them too. So if you have our service, then we take uh, those plastic bags. But then uh, Walmart and I believe Target will also take them. They've got a little uh, oh, okay. a little box at their entrance. Okay. And then you can drop them back off. So if your sink is overflowing, you can just grab a handful of them next time you're going to the store. And and, and they'll uh, reuse them. Sweet. My I'm wife wondering. for a while was making, how did she call it? Plarn which is a plastic
0: t- yarn
2: yes oh so yeah she she uh, found a video online somewhere i don't know if it was on TikTok or youtube or whatever Ooh. where she like figured out a way that she could like stretch it out and then make a little thing to braid it together in the yarn and she was uh, crocheting it into like reusable bags oh cool. that's yeah, yeah. yeah more durable than like yeah. a, just a regular plastic bag so you know i think we have three bag bags Like in our pantry Mm -hmm. just like (laughs) like stacking up yeah but like here like we'll i'll bring a whole bunch of like when we have a plant sale at the greenhouse i'll be like i'm gonna get rid of so many bags this weekend i'll just bring them up here and use them for that but yeah i guess there are other creative ways that you could use different things like i've seen uh, i watched a video of this guy that bought parts and made a little um little machine where he could turn old coke bottles into filament for a 3d printer Uh, So like he, you know, stripped it in the tiny little strips and then pulled it through an extruder and essentially just recycled it into 3D printable material. So, you know, in addition to like that, and I guess that's almost the reuse side. Now I'm not saying that everyone can go make 3D printer filament, but before it ends up getting recycled like you talked about reducing your consumption and finding or reusing it Mm -hmm. i think finding creative ways to reuse things too is always is always good yeah i saw a
0: lady online she did the same thing you could make little strips out of the coke bottle but she was using them to make brooms
1: oh okay that's cool like
0: total it was like it looked like a totally brand new Fresh, good-looking broom, you yeah. know, like putting using them all and cutting them into bristles, and yeah, it was amazing. It's interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, I've seen people make uh, that weaving, like you were talking about, where they make rugs and things like that uh-huh. too, or you know, blankets. Which I don't think that'd be a very comfortable blanket, but no. you know. like you know, <laughs> emergencies or or like as
2: a, I don't know. I think it's pretty. It's pretty neat. I think yeah. making
0: the market bag like Alana did is a really good idea because like I've knitted those myself and with regular yarn or yeah. like you know usually use like your acrylic or crappy yarn yes yeah. it's durable and you don't want to wear it and it's great for a bag, but yeah, you do a plastic, use all those plastic bags to make you a good tote market yeah, tote. Yeah, that'll
1: hold up pretty well. Yeah, people are so creative. There's so many different ways that people find to reuse an item. Yeah. It's really cool. So a couple other questions. Uh, You know, this is a a gardening show. Mm -hmm. So do you all garden at home? Is that something that you all do? So we, this is our first time having a house Ah. this year. So I do plan to. I plan on growing um, tomatoes, strawberries, and uh, peppers. Awesome. And hopefully that goes well. Yeah. Um, yeah, watching all sorts of YouTube videos about it to make sure I do it right. Yeah. yeah, this is our first time having an actual yard with a house. We've just lived in apartments before this. Sure. That's yeah. exciting, though. Yeah, so it's going to be really fun. And and uh, We even found this vertical greenhouse that we keep in our in inside uh-huh. that comes with grow lights built in. So cool. I was like, well, that looks cool, too. Maybe we could do that, and then we can grow more stuff throughout the winter, too.
0: Yeah. should probably start your strawberries. Really. Pretty, yeah, pretty soon, yes. It's kind of like strawberry time now. Yeah they yeah, like I
2: the kind of cooler. Yeah. 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 I mean, oh, that's awesome. And that's, I'm always excited to hear people getting into it. Yeah. You know, for the first time or, or, cause that's, it feels like, and I know it did for us, but like when we moved from even renting to like owning a home, cause like our, when we were renting, we weren't allowed to like do anything mm-hmm. in the ground. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like an interesting rite of passage for like a gardener to have like a home garden or someone who yeah. cares about the environment to, uh, be like, oh no! I I grew this tomato. Like yeah. it's very fulfilling yeah. for I think people like minded in the
1: way we are. Yeah, it's really it's. I'm, I'm really excited about it, and then I'm excited to actually have my own compost mm-hmm. that I'm I'm making. Yeah, uh, so that's really cool. So just I'm um, like anything that I see. Sometimes uh, you know I'll be walking into the house and i probably should just let it be but there'll be like a leaf a leaf or two on the ground i'll be like oh i'm going to grab that and put it in our compost bin so that way it builds up faster
0: i love the excitement
1: <laughs> no spot. it's awesome yeah yeah that's really fun so what's the what's the
2: future of good earth recycling i mean do you have like future directions you want to take new things you want to try
1: yeah so we are trying to expand right now into abilene and we're just waiting on approval from city management and then ideally going to uh, other cities as well and kind of being this source for recycling for these um, smaller municipalities that don't have the economies of scale to have their own uh, yeah. machinery, yeah. but also don't want to bear the expense of transporting it to the places that do. And so we want to be able to provide that source privately mm-hmm. for kind of any you know small area that we can uh, that would benefit from it.
0: Yeah, and there are a lot of like small towns in the like in the county that don't have this like you said the municipal services that we do maybe in the city limits and mm-hmm. and that especially is, extends to recycling because if they may not even have a trash service if yeah. like let alone recycling, you know, having to go to the dump yourself and all that stuff. I'm familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. That's a good thing to want to spread to the more rural and smaller places.
1: Yeah, so just kind of those communities that don't have access to it. That way everyone, you know, has the ability to recycle if they they want to. Yeah. It's very cool.
0: I have a dumb question. Or like, kind of, I don't know, whatever. So (laughs) we were talking about starting seeds earlier and talking about some people will slice open cans and do that. This is probably really dumb, but does a can or whatever does it have to be whole for you to recycle it, or does it not matter? Like if it's cut up or whatever.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, it could be a cut up, you know, piece of can, and it it would work just fine. So okay. you can you can use it for the seeds and then give it to us. Yeah, yeah. No, There you go. It's a good there idea. You go. Yeah. Oh, this and this just popped into my head. As far as like
2: from a practical standpoint, like if people are like, okay, I'm gonna recycle. Uh, I'm gonna start doing this. Start using service. Whatever. What things do they need to remember before they put their product out, like for recycling? Like, what do they need to do? Like, make sure it's dry. Make sure the label's taken off. Those kinds of rinse like your
1: cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the main thing is making sure everything's clean because okay. food will contaminate it really quick mm-hmm. and make the entire bag pretty much unusable. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, so making sure it's clean is really important and really monitoring what. Uh, you can and can't recycle. You know, if it, they call it um, aspirational recycling, where people hope that it's recyclable, so they go ahead and throw it ah. in the bag, and it ends up causing more harm than good because it could, you know, either jam the machinery or it just costs the the processors more because now they've got to, you know, sort through it, throw it out. Their waste costs are higher, and it doesn't get recycled anyway. You know, so something that, like we talked about in being mixed components, they wouldn't be able to recycle that or, you know, maybe thrown in a, an appliance that's got so many different components they can't sure. recycle, you know, so things like that. And then making sure that it's clean. Those are the two really important, you know, just baseline things to know going in. Okay. Do you have a good resource? And, and maybe it's on your
2: website. I'm, I'm not sure about like what things are and aren't recyclable. Like, is, there, is there an easy place people can visit
1: to make sure that they're doing it right? Yeah, absolutely. We've got our website that has a whole host of information. Whenever they sign up to, we also give them a, a can and can't recycle sheet. Okay. And then there's a printable PDF one on our website just in case you know someone loses it.
0: Very my cool. mind was in the same place so you you asked my follow-up oh i'm sorry time. no that's good it's <laughs> good when we're on the same wavelength yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and then I, our, our drivers are trained to uh look at each bag as they're picking it up and look, okay. our bags are clear mm-hmm. so they can see what's in them and if there's something we can't recycle they notate it and then we send them an email uh to oh, the, to the okay. customer and that way uh we're able to kind of correct as we go and educate mm-hmm. as we go mm-hmm. and that's been been really helpful that's awesome yeah so. It's nice having kind of that individual uh, communication versus you know, a big bin where you don't know where it came from because we can yeah. actually educate people individually and and that works really well.
2: That's really good. and I, and I, I really love that that it's not like, oh we're, we can't just take this, you know or or better it's even better than just saying, okay, we're gonna take this and throw it away for you. I think mm-hmm. that feedback loop, again, on the education side of it is so important because then people start to like self-police and Mm -hmm. make sure they're putting the right stuff in there. And then like, I think that also informs purchasing decisions. Like, yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'm not going to buy this because I'm going to end up having to send it to a landfill. Right. Mm -hmm. I can, I can't recycle this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's funny. It's, um, I think this is the only business where I kind of say, like, I hope we get put out of business by <laughs> the market changing in such a positive way that we're not needed anymore. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, the, the packaging is biodegradable or, you know, it's it's able to get returned to the manufacturer if it's not, or we're just using, you know, really highly recyclable items like metal or glass. Mm-hmm. And we kind of eliminate this need for uh, having to recycle plastic. So yeah. it's, you know, I just hopefully we get put out of business one day because the world improves to that yeah. level.
2: Yeah. It's a, you know, but you're filling a, such an important niche in the meantime and, yeah. and really providing what I think is such a cool service. I love it. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Have you heard about these plastic eating microorganisms and aren't there <laughs> also some fungus? Yeah. There's fungus fungi that do that, it. And- that-
1: yeah, so that would be really cool, you know, if they could yeah. Uh, I
0: hope that's the future. Mass fungus produce is them. the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That would that would be great. And then you can just put your plastic into your own fungus bin at the house. Yeah. Eat it up. For, for You'll
0: it. have a compost bin and then like a little fungus patch, a Good. little mushroom patch. Plastic like you just <laughs> recycling stick your facility. Plastic in.
2: Yeah, that'd be cool. Even it like be cool. even like oyster mushrooms will do it. Yeah. It's just it's crazy to think about, and I know they're doing research right now, trying to make sure that it's like they're they know that the oyster mushrooms will do it, and they're actually making like special mats for like petroleum cleanup mm-hmm. um, yeah. that are inoculated with it they can roll these big sheets out there and then it soaks up the oil and the mushrooms break it down or the fungi breaks it down and i think what the future research is going to be is does that end up being safe for consumption after yeah, it does that
0: that's what i and then wondering. two
2: could it be used for secondary purposes like now they're making styrofoam analogs out of fungus yeah and things like that so i, I think it's really cool that the idea of taking this fungus breaking down what would be a petroleum product and then replacing that petroleum product with the thing that broke it down. Like that's
1: that type of innovation is so exciting to me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I feel like we're so good at innovating as a collective that whenever the time comes that we, you know, need to or just even over time that we're, we're going to. So I have a lot of hope for that. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Thanks for joining us for our chat with Nick Nowicki of Good Earth Recycling. You can check them out at goodearthrecycling.com. Please join us again next week for the conclusion of our conversation with Nick. Until then, happy planting. Bye.